into the scripture, we're going to have a look at John 6. We're going to continue on with the theme of taking the next step. I was up on the hill praying, and uh, uh, my, my little favorite spot, and I was praying, and, and everyone tells me, don't worry about the church. God builds the church, right? And I'm going, I know, yes, God builds the church, but secretly I'm going, so what am I going to do to make the church work, right? And so I was talking to God about this dilemma I've got. Because, you know, we've got to have plans and you've obviously got to be organized. And so if God builds the church, what am I doing? And it's simple. It said, Steve, who is the church? Well, we know. It's individuals. You are the church. I am the church. Tim, you're the church. Beck, you're the church. He said, well, I'm building them. You see, God is building his church. What is he building? Individuals. He's building you. He's building Tim Peters. He's building David Musleys. He's building Caitlin. He's building you. He is building you from the inside out. That's what Jaden spoke about on Friday. That God, actually, we work on the outside in, like, like um, in the story of, of King David, but God works from the inside out. He is building something big inside you. And he's going to build it so big that the world will go, wow, what is it about you? which is what Andrew spoke about last night, that we need to be people that wow the community rather than just engage the community. That when people see you, they see something in you that you cannot do, that you cannot make, that you cannot put together. You don't do it from the outside in. You do it from the inside out. God wants to build something big inside you. You are the church. And the more he builds in you, the bigger the church gets. Not in numbers, but in stature. In favor with God and with man as Jesus was. That he wants to build in you. And I'm excited about that because I'm hearing stories as I go around this week. Must have seen about 20 people this week. And every time I'm hearing stories, I'm hearing God's building something big through your circumstance, through the things that you're going through, through the good things, through the exciting things, and through the tough things. He's building something in you. Why? I was talking to Andrew um, Williams. Andrew actually is the director for Youth Alive in uh, WA. And uh, he, he was just saying, you know, God is doing something in the church in our city. See, a lot of churches are struggling. A lot of churches are, um, are going through tough periods right now. It seems to be a common theme. And it's because I think God is going, I'm building something big in the heart of my church. And it's not the organization, it's the people. It's you. And it's me. What's God building in you? What's he building in you? Because I'm excited. There's a wildfire about to happen. And it's going to burn through individuals, not through organizations. So we go to this next part of the scripture, right? And, uh, and as we go into the scripture, we see what Jesus is doing. In John, remember we're going through the book of John this year. And we've come up to the concept where we're seeing that Jesus is trying to take those who are following him to the next level. 
I don't just want you to follow me for the good times. I don't just want you to come with me and see me do these fantastic little tricks. I want you to know me. I want you to have me on the inside. Like we said last year, last week, he's not just the provider. He is your provision. And provision means that he's the one that's feeding me. He's the one that's inside making me who I am, not from outside just giving me what I need. And that's where I believe that we're going to today as we continue the story. So here's the story. We are at John 6. Who knows what happened last week at John 6? Come on, feedback, feedback, feedback. No one's read it. John 6, beginning of John 6. Yes. What? That was a different message. Yeah, try another one. <laughs> try another one. He was feeding the mob. Right. So, you just, because you just looked it up. He's feeding the mob, right? And, and, and people are following Jesus because he feeds the mob. And, and they went and found him. And they were saying, Jesus, we're hungry. What are you going to give us? And he said, hey, I've got nothing except me. And so we find that, that right now Jesus is taking people, those people who are following him, to say, I don't just want you to come for what I can give you, I want you to come to actually embrace me. I want you to come and connect with me. I want you to be here because of me, not because of what you get. We get to Jesus because of what we get, but I sense that Jesus wants us to come to him because of who he is, the son of the living God, the great I am, the saviour of the world, the one that holds everything in his hands, the creator, the king, the prophet, the mighty God. That's why he wants us to come to him. Not for what we can get, but for who he is. And he is the bread of life. Come on. I like that. I'm going to preach over here. Come on, Rach. Come up the front here. Woohoo! Okay. That's what it's about. And I think that's where God wants us to go today. So let's start with John 6. Right down here. And if, if this message is a little bit disjointed, it's because... I'm just going to flow with it today because I wasn't really prepared. So here we go. John 6, 60. The words of eternal life is headed, if you looked it up in the King James. It goes like this. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Remember, he's talking about, I am the bread of life, and you've got to eat me, and you've got to drink my blood. Now, that's pretty hard to take, right? And these disciples were finding, these followers were finding it hard to understand this. And Jesus goes on to say, when Jesus, uh, <laughs> yeah, so when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said, does this offend you? Everybody say, offend you. That's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the offending, the offense today. Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Now, if you read that differently and probably the way it should be, it sounds more like, does this offend you? If you should see the Son of Man ascend when he, where he was before. In other words, not, well, is that going to offend you too? No, no, no. What he's saying is, that offended you, 
But if you saw the Son of God rise again to where he come from, would that be okay? That's really what, because he's got a question mark at the back of it. That's what he's really saying. So you, this might offend you, but if you saw the Son of God rise back to where he was, that probably wouldn't. The words that I speak to you are spirit. Sorry, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. He said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. That's been a bit of a stickler to lots of people over the years. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? <laughs> and one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him and being um, him betray him, being one of the twelve. Offense. Call this message today very quickly because I come up with five this morning. But this one is pushing through the offense. Pushing through the offense. The other day, Margie was it was late night, ten o'clock at night, sitting watching TV. Jaden had just turned up home, and I, uh, Margie says, "Ah, oh, Steve, you wouldn't want to go down and buy me a can of Diet Coke." Ten o'clock at night. It's freezing cold outside, right? But being a good husband that I am, not a problem. I can do that. The moment I said that, I realized the cost involved of going out. So I put my shoes on, went out, got in my car, drove down to the only place that was open, that was the petrol station. I go into the petrol station and I'm thinking, this is going to cost me more. But that's okay because I'm a good husband. So not a problem. I'm going to buy my wife a can of Diet Coke. But I'm here. I might as well get some fuel, right? Just get the card out for a Diet Coke. I'll buy some fuel. So I went up to the fuel pump, drove in there, opened up the cap, put the, the, the nozzle in, and then I heard this speaker. Please come in and pay before you use it. I said, pardon? It says, please put... And she's getting annoyed with me. And I was getting annoyed with her, and I thought, blow that. I ain't doing it. If you don't trust me, I've been coming here for 15 years. I know you should trust me. This is a big, bright red car. You know whose car it is. And you don't trust me? That's it. So I put the petrol thing back in. I closed it. I got in my car. And I drove another 10 kilometers down the road. Because that one, would that be filled up without having to pay first? That one trusted me. I was offended. And as I drove back, I thought, you stupid idiot. I've just wasted about a litre of fuel. It's a big car. A litre of fuel. I had to go all the way up there, 
paid more for my fuel just because I was offended. You see, the truth is, offence gets in the way of logic sometimes. See, offence stops us from getting what is so, so just right there. And here were our disciples, they were, or the followers at that time, they were offended because something had been said that hit them. They didn't like it. You see, the truth is, we live in a time where it's easy to be offended. Hey, come on. I bet you if I asked you today how many times you've been offended this week, there'd be a few. Somebody's come along and said something. If you're vegan, you're probably already offended. If you're a, if you're a, if you're a West Coast Eagles person, you're probably already offended. Because they lost. Come on. Come back to the pack. <laughs> if, if, if you like cricket, you might have been offended the other day when you saw our favourite Steve, Steve get hit in the head with a ball. You might have been offended. I got a little bit annoyed. Why did they go over there and say, don't you throw balls at my boy? You see, offence is something we live in. I think it's getting worse. And we shouldn't be surprised because the scripture tells us that it will. If you look at Matthew 24, 10, which is interesting where Jesus is talking about what's going to happen in the end days. And he talks about all this stuff is going to happen in the end days. In Matthew 24, 10, it then says, And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will even hate one another in those last days. It's going to happen. Offence is in our society right now, and you're probably carrying some. Offence is there. Luke 17, 1, it says, Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offences should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. See, the word offence actually is the word skandulos. The word scandulos is where we get the word scandal. The word scandal, as you know, is basically a whole bunch of people with a whole bunch of opinions about you. And they're, and they're happening all around us, all the time, everywhere. There's a fence happening. See, I'm a pastor. I have a sign on my back that says, offend me. It says, I'm the problem. See, if you're a school teacher, you've got a sign on your back. It's your problem. If you're a policeman, you've got two signs on your back. You see, offence is going to happen. And it's when the scandulos, when those words that are around, the word also means to trip over, to trip someone over. And too often we get tripped over in our relationship with God and a relationship with others, and we don't actually manage to get which is there for you right now. I heard someone say that um, offence is what happens. Sorry, offence is what happens. To be offended is your response. You see, you will be off have offence against you. But if you're offended, it's because you've allowed it to become Yours. Another way of putting it would be, offence is what's been done to you 
Offended is when you can't forgive. Offence is the event. Offended is your decision. You see, here's the truth. You see, offence, offence needs to have ground to be offended. Sorry, to be offended means that you've got grounds for offence. Now, just say, for example, over here, Chris comes to me and he says, Steve, you have got the ugliest, most terrible green bunch of hair on your head. Now, you see, the truth is that doesn't offend me. There's a couple of reasons why. One of them is I don't have hair. And secondly, if I did, it wouldn't be green. So you see, it's got nowhere to stay. See, if, if say for example, um, let's have somebody else over here. Ruth says to me, gee, Steve, you really, really are hopeless at playing the piano. I'd go, yep, I am. That's not an offence to me. And I'm not offended because of that, right? Because it doesn't hurt me. But just say, I was wanting to be cool and wear cool clothes. And I worked really hard at wearing cool clothes. And as you see, I don't. And, and someone comes along and Tim says, gee, Steve, that's really daggy. That's going to offend me. Why? Because I'm working really hard. I think I'm okay with that. But you see, he said that, and it's gone into my little heart here, which has been opened, and it's now been offended. And I think that we carry lots of offense, and it gets in the way. And it, and it, it actually, offense separates. Look what happened here. These guys saw Jesus. He says, if you eat my body and drink my blood, we're one. And they went, you've got to be joking. This is the reason why they didn't like that. It's because he was actually connecting himself to the Jewish Passover as being the one who was going to be not just the one who provides bread for them, but they were really the Messiah. They were that last bread and that last cup on the Passover that they're waiting for, and they were offended by that. And because of the offence, the offence separated them. See, when you're offended, you are separated. If I offend you, we will probably won't talk again. Offence separates us. If I've said something nasty to you, it will separate us. These guys here were separated from Jesus. It actually says that, that many actually left him. You know, what worries me is there's a lot of people leaving the church, the organization, because they're offended. They're offended by something. They're offended by the music. They're offended by the dancing that was on the stage today, which was, which was Holy Spirit aerobics. Um, that was amazing. I was exhausted just watching. And we get offended, so we go and leave. You're not doing yourself any good. You're just carrying an offense. That's now become your... I had, a, we had one person here many, many years ago who uh, got upset because I put black curtains up. And, uh, and 
I went, look, I'm really sorry. She was very upset about it. And I said, look, I'm really sorry, but there's a reason behind it that we've put these curtains up. But that's what you put up in a funeral parlour. I go, yeah, but actually I haven't been to too many funeral parlours with black curtains. Most of them are green and reds. And, but that's, she went to another church and it was great because she went to another church, which is awesome. She didn't leave, but she went to another church and I saw her. Oh, this church is so good, Steve. I said, where are you going? She told me. I said, oh, wow. I've been there. Oh, it's such a great church and God's really moving. Brilliant. I said, how'd you get on with their black curtains? She said, oh, yeah, they're okay. (laughs) See, the black curtains aren't the issue. And sometimes what offends us actually separates us. And people are being separated from God because they're offended by silly things. And if we actually understood stuff, Instead of actually spoke into it and try to understand it, we might be able to push through and we wouldn't break up the church. I spoke to a person that said, oh, gee, I'm coming to your church. I hope you don't wear those jeans with the rips in it. I said, no, it's okay. I can afford good ones. (laughs) But it's like if that offends you, but in, in order that there's God, there's God. And we might miss God because we're offended by something. And that's what happened to the disciples. Jesus is there and they couldn't engage him because they were offended by one thing he said and it separated them. What separates you? What thing in offense in our hearts that we're carrying that keeps us from going to the next level? What is it that holds us back from becoming a a a disruptor, a distractor, a disruptor? What is it? What offense am I holding? What, what, what opinion is in my head that's holding me back? Because that opinion stops me from actually embracing God. God's building something big in you. But if there's holding an offense or we're being offended, it will not. It cannot grow. We've got to be able to get over and push through the offense. You know, Jesus went to his own He went to his own town, Mark 6. Goes to his own town and it says, he goes into his town and all the people went, whoa, they started talking about him. And it said they were were, um, offended. And the word there again is scandalous. In other words, they were talking around about about Jesus. Or he's the son of the carpenter. We know him. We saw him drive the little toy cars up the road. We saw what he did at school. He got suspended. He probably didn't actually because he was pretty good. But we know what he was like. He was just an ordinary, everyday person. There's no way he could be who he says he is. You see, it says Jesus could do no miracles, it says in Mark, because of the offence. God can do no miracle inside me if I'm carrying offence. He cannot. Another scripture, offense and sin go together. I can't work while you're offended. You've got to push through the offense, Steve. You've got to push through it because I want to do something big inside you. Offense separates us. It separates us from God. It separates us from each other. It separates us from the body. It separates and it shouldn't. We need to push through. How do you push through? You focus 
on the real stuff. You focus on the promise. Jesus says to the guys, he says, guys, everyone else has left. Oh, 70 people, they've all taken off. Church has gone from, from 70 down to 12. And he looks at his 12 and he says, so fellas, you want to go? You, you want to leave? It's okay. I'm big enough. I'm building the church after all. It's okay. Do you want to leave? And this is what Simon, Peter, our favorite man, says. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, they said, nobody else is doing what you're doing, and you've got something they haven't got. We might as well hang out with you. See, is the offence still there? Of course it is. They didn't talk about the offence. They didn't talk about whether he was right or wrong or what's he actually saying. They said, you know what? we got nowhere else to go, so we're going to stick with you. We're going to hang out there with you. Why? Because you are the son of the living God. And we want to understand all this stuff. I don't know where you're at with a Christian, as a Christian, but there will be a lot of stuff I still don't understand. I still don't understand a lot of things. I don't understand heaven and hell. I thought I did, but I'm questioning it now. I don't understand whether, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day about the, the homosexuality and stuff, and, and I'm listening to him, and I could have been offended because our opinions were different, and I could have easily have been offended and argued it. But I'm thinking, why should that separate us? Because, you see, I don't understand it all. I think I do, but it's only my opinion of what I understand. But you know what's important? Jesus. And that man loves Jesus. I know he loves Jesus. And sometimes our, our disagreements in whether the, the world is going to be taken up and people are going to just rise up from the graves, that's why I'm not going to be buried, okay? I'm going to be cremated because I don't want to come alive in a box. And can't get out, right? So I'm just a, shh, no way. So I don't know how it's all going to work out, right? I don't know. And we can have an argument about it. And it will separate us because you'll have your opinion and I'll have my opinion and we'll separate. That's why the church is so divided because we say, well, the church is going to be on a Saturday. And someone says, no, the church is going to be on a Sunday. I says, well, I don't like you. So we're going to do it right and you're going to do it wrong. Separation. But when I push through and say, there's only one thing, one thing, and that's this. I'm going to push through with Jesus. I'm going to believe that you're the son of the living God. I'm going to hang in there with you, Jesus. Focus on the promise. And this is what he says. I choose you. I choose you. You see, they chose Jesus, but Jesus said, I choose you. I choose you. You are my chosen ones. You are the ones I've chosen. God wants us to engage with him. You might have questions, but he wants to engage with us because he says, I have chosen you. You're my choice. Even though I know when around amongst you is the devil, I still choose you. Even though I know one of you isn't, isn't perfect and you're going to mess up, I still choose you 
Even though I know that you might not actually have it all right, I still choose you. I'm going to choose you. God has chosen you and I to be one with him to make a difference. To go to the next level, we need to push through the barrier of offense and look at the promise and know that we're chosen. If I can have the music guys up here. Let me just uh, invite you to close your eyes for a moment. Father God, right now I'm going to ask by your spirit that you would show what are those things that I'm holding on to? What are those opinions, those beliefs that are formed in me, an opinion that hold me back from stepping into the fullness of your calling on my life.